1: Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Aaron Pym, and I'm the producer of the theatrical variety show, the Bedpost Sex Show. Here at the podcast, I like to invite guests and performers from the stage show and beyond into the studio to have a more in-depth conversation about sex and sexuality with me. This week, I have a guest that uh, I have at the stage show pretty often, but uh, I haven't had her on the podcast in, oh, like, just under 100 episodes, I figure, because <laughs> she was, like, episode number, like, six or something like that, and I'm so happy to have her back. It's sex educator Kim Sedgwick. Hey, Erin. I'm hey. so happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always just so happy to be be here with you, just in general. <laughs> all the feels We're basically hugging. We basically We're <laughs> reaching <raging> for, <laughs> for each other.
0: Reaching for each other around the, the mic <laughs> across the
1: table. <laughs> and Kim, of course, you are here um rep, reppin reppin
0: the, re- yeah. the Red
1: Tent Sisters. That is true. Do you want to since it's been so long since uh people in podcast land have mm-hmm. heard from you, do you want to just quickly tell people what
0: Red Tent Sisters is uh, is and is all about? For sure. I'll I'll try and uh, make it rather succinct, although we've done many, many things over the 10 years we just celebrated. Don't (laughs) even be succinct. I don't need to be succinct. Don't even How long is this podcast? How many hours? How long we got? How long we got, yeah. But 10 years. Yes, it's been 10 years. Yes, we just celebrated our 10-year anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, so we had a storefront across the street from where you had uh, your restaurant. So we mm-hmm. had that for five years, uh, selling everything from uh, sex toys to baby slings. People got very confused about mixing the sexuality products with the baby products. I mean, to me, it always made sense. It's it a circle head. of life, baby. Exactly, like, that was our thought. But people were really weirded out about it. They were also <laughs> weirded out about the fact that we had the menstrual products. We were just doing all the things that people did not want to talk about.
1: That, yeah. It's so funny, though, because that's all, that's all sexuality. That's all women's health. That's all, like... All connected. Yeah, yeah. like, I think that's the perfect thing. And you are there for five years. We're there for five
0: years, yeah. and then we decided to move our business online for a couple reasons. One is that um, my sister no longer lives in Toronto, which is very sad because we're super close, but we talk every single day. I actually was just on the phone walking over here because we can't go more than a day without talking to one another. That's so sweet. Um, so, yeah, so it was partly that she kept moving around, and then it was also that I realized through... The course of having our storefront that the conversations I wanted to have weren't able to take place in the store because uh, they do need a proper container. So people would come in asking about a product and then I'd end up having this conversation and be interrupted by the UPS guy and, you know, someone asking for change for the parking meter or whatever else. And so I felt like we needed to actually have the conversations in, in the proper way that I wanted to have them, which was not in the storefront. Uh, so now I do coaching online and actually some of them in person as well. But we actually, I actually call it sexuality coaching as a, as opposed to just being like an extension of the loop conversation, which is how most of those originally happened. <laughs> of the
1: lube conversation (laughs) because also there's something to be said for like selling products it's like was that part of your realization of where you wanted the business to go you're like i don't want to be selling people things
0: i want to be giving them knowledge and help and resources that yeah you just said it perfectly that was really our realization was that Yeah, so people would come in with this sort of fix-it mentality. They would come in asking for lube or a toy or, or a DVD or something like that. And I love all those things, don't get me wrong, but I often think that they're in addition to looking at sort of the heart of what's going on. Um, and I'm just really concerned about this, yeah, idea of, of needing to be fixed. And I think that's sort of the, the way that that had started. And I'd rather that that be in addition to it after they've actually done all the other work. That sort of, it's just changing the format and sort of changing the, almost like the pathway of how these conversations were happening.
1: Yeah. Because even I run into that problem. I, I'm in sex retail as well. Mm -hmm. And probably half of the customers come in with a problem they want, that they want your help fixing. Yeah. And it's half of the time I'm like, the problem is not that you need this different vibrator or that you need, you know what I mean? Like, that's not the problem. The problem is X, Y, Z. Like, not that I could identify your problem just from this 10 minute tidbit that you're telling me, the (laughs) preamble you're telling me to buying the toy. But I'm like, I just know there's more there and there's more help there that you could be uh, receiving other than coming to a store and buying this thing from me right now.
0: And I think it's it's the more, that's it, right? Is I just feel like we need that deeper conversation and, and I want that to be the starting place. And then if it turns out that you want a toy or whatever these other things are, that that also happens. But I think you need to start with this, this different approach that isn't feeling like there's something wrong. And I think that's the thing that makes me so sad is how many of my clients come to me and they have this sense that there's something wrong, like that they need to be fixed. And that's why I absolutely love the book, Come As You Are, where Emily Nogoski talks about the fact that we are all normal. Like there is no, and there is no such thing as normal, right? Yeah, normalcy
1: and then, is relative. It's
0: all relative, right? And I think that that's, people just want to feel like they're not alone. That's the, the heart of a lot of the work that I do is just helping people feel like less alone and less like they need, yeah, need to be fixed.
1: What are some common problems um, that people would like come into the store when you did first have the store with?
0: Yeah, I mean, the number one was lube, which is why I mentioned that earlier. And yeah. you had with me on the podcast or on the show before talking about I'm a lube fanatic. I love me some lube. Yeah. So I'm certainly not saying that lube isn't a great addition, but it's exactly that. It's an addition. And it's also about looking at like what's going on and understanding your body. And I want people to use it from that perspective as opposed to feeling like, again, that they need to be fixed. And so a lot of people come in if they were breastfeeding because hormonally a lot of stuff changes when you're breastfeeding. And a lot of our clientele help because we we're selling the baby carriers were new moms. Um, and so lubrication was just different. And for them to understand why it was different, and then use the loop from that place. Like, it's the education and the, the information piece and the empowerment piece that I think really changes the whole dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so lubrication was a big one. And then a lot of our clients um, were women who were in heterosexual relationships who were not orgasming. Mm-hmm. Because everything they were doing is this, like, penis and vagina sex, right? And they were missing all the other fun stuff. Yeah. Um, and so that's a lot of the work, again, that I was doing was trying to um, help them to sort of rethink what sex means. Cause I yes. feel like when you say sex for a lot of folks, it's yeah. this like very heteronormative penis and vagina. Right. Yes. And like yes. when you start talking about other things, like they get this look on their face of like, Oh yeah. And I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of That's other sex. sex too. That is also sex, right? Uh, solo sex, all the other kinds of sex you can have. So it's really helping people to like expand their definition of what sex entails was another big part of it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now, um, so what kind of, what is your kind of coaching and, uh, and one-on-one type stuff about now?
0: Yeah. So now I'm being trained with an organization called CTI, so Coaches Training Institute. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm be, training to be a life coach with a specialty around relationships yes. um, and sexuality, which I just love. Um, it's a bit of, I'm going to be honest, I actually had one of my supervision calls right before I came here. So it's very much on my mind that it's hard because we're not supposed to give any advice. And I've spent 10 years giving people advice, being yeah. like, here's this great lube, here's this great vibrator, here are all these things. Um, and so as a coach, now I'm not actually supposed to do that because the idea is that they get to decide for themselves what they need rather than me telling them. And you're so, a sounding
1: board. You're a listener. You're ex- a sounding I'm a mirror, board. Yes, yeah, so it's
0: like mirroring back what they're saying. So they say what they're, you know, their piece and then I reflect back. And it's really coaching is a lot of hearing yourself say things you didn't know you knew about yourself. Mm-hmm. And it is fascinating how much people do know about them. like they already have the answers inside them. They don't need an expert. And again, that gets to the heart of what I'm trying to sort of change in the sort of paradigm shift is like that. I don't want to be this Sultan up on the stage being like, I know all the things and I'm going to tell you what to do. Like, you actually know a lot of this. And I can point you in the right direction, but I want them to feel like they're doing. And like, I can pull that
1: out of you and help exactly. you realize that you know That, that. you know
0: that. But yeah. I don't want to be up on this pedestal um, and feeling like you're like looking up to me for advice. Yeah. Preaching
1: just... them and telling them what to do and what will make them happy. Yeah,
0: exactly. So I actually have clients uh, who are doing a whole range of things, whether it's career advice and all, um, you know, a lot of new, new moms as well, because it's sort of navigating those changes in your time. And You're kind of just figuring out who are you and what do you want? I mean, that's really at the core of what coaching is all about is what do you want? Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. Like, what do you want out of life? What's important to you? What are your values? And so that goes along so well with a lot of the sexuality work that I do because sometimes people have never actually asked the question, what do I like? What do, yeah. What, like, do what do I you, find? What do yeah. I, what am I into? What right? do I want? Yeah. 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 Uh, and that's, it's so funny. Like, I remember the first time I was with a partner and he's like, what are you into? And I just was like, no one's ever asked me that. We always just kind of, went right to that penis and vagina, right? Like, it just never stopped to be like, what are the things that I'm into? Yeah. Um, what are my values? What, where, what are my priorities? How do I want to spend my time? And I love looking at, you know, clients who come to me and they say, you know, they're having such a hard time prioritizing their relationship and I get them to keep a diet diary of how they're spending their time mm-hmm. and it's like well okay you look at that list and you're prioritizing everything but your relationship right and so how you choose to spend your time and how you choose to spend your money and all your other resources that reflects your values and so coaching is really about getting people to line those things up right mm-hmm.
1: because people don't always uh, spend the most time on the thing that they f- feel the most passionate about or yeah, I think that's I mean- the most important to themselves they don't always put the most energy and time and thought and Heart into those things
0: yeah exactly I think I might have used this example one time on the show which is that I had a um a client who was like she was just desperate to write this book like it was so so important to her and then she was like keeping track of her time and basically everything else came first like she was spending time cleaning and like doing all these other things and I was like okay so having a clean house is more important to you than writing your sp- book and she's like no 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 she got something and I'm like well that that's that's what, that's you're, what you're the schedule tells and me and that's what I'm mirroring back you just told me how you spent your day and I'm just reflecting it back And I think that that's sort of like an extreme example of what often happens with people in the relationships is that they say their relationship is really important. But when was the last time they sat down without any devices next to them and actually had a conversation with their partner Mm -hmm. or
1: sex in the relationship? Like how much time and energy are you actually putting into communicating about the Mm -hmm. type of pleasure you want and you want to give? And how, how often are you sitting down and dedicating time to working on your sex life? Yeah. you know, yeah, I want a great sex life. I want to be having more sex.
0: But What are you doing to make What that are you doing about it? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and a lot of my clients are people who've been with their partner for a while. And at the beginning, I think that you do tend to spend more time and energy doing that. Like you're planning the date nights and you're carving out that quality time, right? And then the more you tend to spend with someone, especially if you're living with that person, you're like, oh, I can hang out with them anytime. Yeah. But you're not, it's not actually time, right? Like those like two seconds here and there is not the same as quality dedicated time that you have actually prioritized and said like, I'm putting you first.
1: Yeah. The high bunny, high bunny. <laughs> <laughs> hi, honey. Bye, honey. <laughs> hi, bunny. Or if you're dating a bunny. Yeah. These two bunnies talking to each other. Um, You know, the hi and bye before they go to work or before you go to bed, like the passing ships in the night isn't.
0: It's not the same thing. That's
1: not quality time you're spending together. So are you doing are you doing uh, sex help? as well, like within this coaching? I am. So I have to be
0: very, um, deliberate about what I tell people that I'm doing because I'm in this certification process that I have to be like, I'm coaching right now. And now I'm giving consultation, like sex advice. Right. So when I have a client, I'm very like, I actually say, okay, I'm taking off this hat and I'm putting on the other hat. Uh I can give you advice. Uh, because I can't stop talking about this stuff. I mean, I, if, if I, I can't imagine a day where I don't get to talk about lube. Like, that's just... That's not a good day for Kim Sedgwick. (laughs) If I don't talk about it with my clients, I'm going to start talking about it with strangers on the street, which also happens. But, you know... (laughs) So yeah, a lot, I mean, a lot of my clients, especially at this point, they are, know what they you know do. what I do, and so you know, at some point they'll be like, "All right, I know this isn't pure coaching, but can you give me advice on you know this new lube that I just heard about, or this toy, or what books would you recommend?" So yeah, I'm still giving giving that advice because yeah, that's just that's in me. I've that's been doing since, I've been doing that since gosh I don't know like age 12 probably, I can't even remember when I stopped or stopped, see I didn't stop no, it's been <laughs> gone that whole time uh, it was funny because walking here came by my old school because I went to Jarvis Collegiate mm-hmm. and I have this distinct memory of sitting on those front steps of Jarvis Collegiate reading Dan Savage with my friends, like that was awesome. that's what I've been doing my whole life. It's Your just whole life my whole life,
1: and Red Tense Sisters and you being a sex educator an active sex educator, about 10 years you're saying, Mm-hmm. What, because at the last Bedpost, you did mm-hmm. a great set, which was, like, your your 10 things you've kind of learned or your top 10 major standout mm-hmm. teachable <laughs> <laughs> things that you can share with people over your 10 years as a sex educator. Yeah. What, just, how do you feel about 10 years?
0: Like... Yeah, it's it's a it's a long time, and what is really exciting for me is I feel like a lot's changed. Yeah, I really believe if we opened that store again on the Danforth, that people's reactions would be different.
1: Yes, okay, yeah. I'm saying in the public consciousness, the has public changed. consciousness,
0: I think has changed around sexuality. I feel like these things are being talked about in ways that they weren't before. Um, just even like I feel like I casually mention products or or concepts, and people are like, "Oh yeah, i heard a podcast about that, or I saw that book." Like I think it is, I think it's shifting, and I. I've always been an optimist and idealist, so I, I hope that's not the case, but I really do think that things things have changed.
1: Yeah, and I feel like even conversations about good uh, products, good sexuality products is kind of... Good products are more accessible to people, oh, yeah, I'd like to sure. think, as well. Yeah. I'm also an optimist in that <laughs> way. Like Maybe I have a biased view because I know a lot of sex educators and bloggers and whatnot, But yeah. but I do feel like people don't want to buy... Crap products anymore.
0: No. I mean, that's another part of my business was we had this, this side company called EcoSex. And yeah. so it was all focused on environmentally friendly and body-friendly sexuality products. And the reason we stopped doing that is because they were readily available. When we first opened, it was so hard to find those products. Yep. And then it got to the point where you could buy them at most other sex shops, and people were really knowledgeable. They didn't need to have it curated in the same way because there was better labeling and all this sort of thing. So I always joke that like we kind of put ourselves out of business, that it was so much advocacy work around that, I'm certainly not taking all the credit. I mean, there's a lot of really, really great folks doing that work, and I think just, again, that's something that's changed over time and it's really exciting to me that I think the bar has been raised, that people know about these products, whether or not they choose to always buy them. At least they know that they exist. They know that there's... They're an option. They're an option, and and they're not... Yeah, it's not like a niche thing that you have to go to a specialty store for. You can get them at most places, which I think is super, super exciting. And
1: you can get them cheaper nowadays, too. That's the
0: other thing, because it used to be not only were they hard to find, but they were expensive So they were, like, an elite product that not everyone had access to. So I think that's also shifting, which is really exciting.
1: Yeah, if you needed it, because there needs to be entry-level products for people uh, of, you know, varying backgrounds and experience levels. Like, there has to be a product... That they can get for around 50 bucks yeah, or under 50 bucks. Or under 50 bucks.
0: Because I always say, too, like, it's so hard if someone buys a product and they spend a ton of money and then it turns out they don't like it. They can put them off for a long time, right, to have that negative experience. And they got to save up for their next one. Like, I want it to be a really positive experience. And that includes not having it be a huge investment up front.
1: Yeah. And yeah. you have the option to kind of try, try something new. Yes. You know, it it would help you get out of your box and think out of your box if it wasn't such a crazy, huge investment.
0: Yeah. And versatility. I think I've talked about that before, too. Like, that's so important to me. I always am, like, hesitant to recommend toys that do, like, one specific thing. Because, like, Mm -hmm. if it turns out you don't like it, then you're really stuck versus there's toys you can use in a variety of different ways. And then it also fosters experimentation, which is always a good thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Recently, I surprised myself by just stopping watching porn. And? I've watched porn forever. Mm-hmm. For my whole adult life, I've watched porn while I've masturbated. Yeah. And I just... Dis- I guess I never... Th- I thought I needed it. And I never... even Even though I never really tried to not... <laughs> need it, not use it. Um, And the moment I was in a position where I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to do this and see what happens, Mm -hmm. you know? And now I don't at all. Once I like realized that I didn't, I really didn't actually need it, that I could, you know, if I need, I'm a visual kind of a person. So once I realized that I could create those visuals just within my own imagination or whatever, I was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) Which is so dumb. Which is so basic. (laughs) But, like, it just... It just goes to show you if you, you know, if you just try.
0: If you just try. Well, and I'm <laughs> laughing because I had one scene from one Tristan Terramino video that I absolutely love with Danny Wilde, who I think is like the sexiest man of all time. And I lent it to my friend because she's like, oh, I'm not really into porn. I was like, well, watch this scene and tell me if you still think about yeah. the same way about porn. And she never gave it back to me, which I'm assuming is a good sign that she loved it. But then I was like, I don't have my one clip. My one clip. <laughs> that was like my standby. That and my Hitachi Magic wand was like the thing I needed. Yeah, because it's
1: like the... The, vi- the same toy on the same setting mm-hmm. watching the same clip of porn yeah that's gonna pigeonhole you that's that's mm-hmm. your your body is learning how to get off yeah with each time you masturbate right yeah. so well
0: someone once asked me like oh well, actually I've heard th- had this question a few times like can you get addicted to your vibrator yes And my answer is always, you can't get addicted to your vibrator, but you can get used to a certain kind of stimulation, which will make it more difficult to enjoy other kinds of things. Because you're basically training your body that these are all the elements that need to be present in order for this result to happen. Mm -hmm. So again, I really don't like that mentality because it makes it seem like something's wrong with the vibrator, that it's bad. No, vibrators are great. Vibrators are great, people. But (laughs) it's about just using them in different ways. So yeah, that you're not training your body. Or if you, maybe if that's okay with you, like if you like the idea of always, that also works, right?
1: Yeah, that was the other thing with me. I'm like, hey, well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Like, yeah, I I did do those things for a lot of times, like for a long time. I mean, where I would have same toy, same setting, same Mm -hmm. clip, you know, exact same position, even lying on my bed with the the laptop on my chest, like (laughs) the exact same setup every time. Like, and I mean that worked it too. Was
0: yeah. That was
1: also good too. But like now I'm like, Oh, it's now it's basically the exact same stuff, but minus the porn element. So it's like, Hey, well this works too. Like, and there are other uh, benefits of doing it this way as well. So it's like, you know, do it or don't do it. Like do what works for you. Do what's pleasurable for it yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are the types of things you find yourself talking about now? In your in your career, most most it, like in your in your new setup for your career.
0: Yeah, I would say the main thing, and this is actually something I've been talking about all along, but even more so with my coaching, is communication.
1: Mm, yes, please. And
0: for me, like a great example is there was actually this job that I applied for that I recently got, which is very exciting. And I almost didn't apply because I looked at the application. and I was like, oh, I don't have any of these things. And I was so nervous to ask to apply because I was like, I don't have these qualifications. My friend was like, just apply. Like, what's the worst that can happen? Well, of course I got the job. And (laughs) I kept thinking like, I would not get a job I didn't apply for. And I always say the same thing around. You got to play to win. Right. You're not going to get the pleasure that you want if you don't ask for it. Right, Um, and I think that especially, you know, for myself, like I was trained as this nice girl, and I'm using that in quotes because I just feel like nice for me has always been code for passive and putting other people first. And I see and not holding space and not holding exactly. And I see this with a lot of my clients. I think a lot of people are attracted that part of the work that i do of this putting other people first and not standing up for what you want um and so a lot of what i'm really passionate about is this communication piece and learning how to verbalize what you want and doing it from a non-power place and feeling like you deserve to take up that space Mm -hmm. yeah because it's it's hard to talk
1: about (laughs) stuff like that why is it so hard to talk like you're in a relationship with someone for years say Mm -hmm.
0: Why is it still so hard? Yeah, and I'm not immune to this, which is why I'm. All, I always. Me try neither. To do oh
1: my god, yeah. me neither. I'm like asking you personally
0: <laughs> right now. <laughs> I'm like, Hi, how do I? Kim? How do I do Tell me how. <laughs> And I think from, I'll talk for myself why I have such a hard time doing, and there's a few reasons, but I think one of them is that I'm just so worried about hurting the other person's feelings, right? That somehow saying like, this isn't working for me. I'd love it if you tried this, this, or this is somehow saying that you're not enough or you're not doing it right or any of that kind of thing we're not really trained how to give constructive feedback in a way that is loving and doesn't feel like a criticism. Right? Yeah. Yes. Um, and so there's one of my suggestions is something I picked up from Madhuri who, who taught workshops at Red 10 sisters years ago was just this idea of, of offering options of saying like, would you like to try this or this? So it doesn't feel like you're saying, I don't like this, and then not giving any other alternatives, right? Um, so when you're soliciting a feedback from someone, I'm like, oh, would you like it if I went harder, softer, or over this way, or over this? So you're just kind of opening up that space to give the feedback. It's like a multiple-choice question. It's like question. a
1: multiple-choice, exactly. That's a lot easier to
0: answer. Than saying, you were wrong, Yeah. Right? And it's just like... it's <laughs> not even a question. <laughs> not even a question. You were wrong.
1: You are wrong, right? That is not good. <laughs>
0: And, uh, so I think, yeah, having that, that, that spaciousness to give that feedback in a way that's like, it's about more as opposed to coming at it from this perspective that there's a lack of, that you're not enjoying what you're doing, which to be fair, sometimes I'm actually not enjoying anything that's happening. And so then like, okay, we're really searching for something here. I love your willingness to try. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, like, <laughs> I love your enthusiasm. My enthusiasm you, you can't see me, but I'm doing all kinds of arm movements. I'm really <laughs> yeah. trying to show up. I'm really encouraging. <laughs> uh,
1: Woohoo! <laughs> A yeah. for effort. A but for effort, yes. <laughs> but all the rest, let's fill in the yeah. blanks. Yeah. And the
0: other thing that I think is really fascinating is when I run workshops and I talk to people about communication, the number one thing that I hear from folks is they want to hear what the partner wants, because otherwise they're just sitting there guessing, right? It is so much easier when you actually give someone something to work from rather than getting them to guess. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you don't even know what you like, it's really hard that's to get.
1: The, yeah, that's the other thing I was going to say. How do you know yeah. what type of a sex life? you want what type of sex you want to have
0: yeah so one of the tips I also give is speaking of porn is putting yourself in a context where you're watching porn or going into a sex shop or something that gives a lot of different options that then you can be like hey what if we tried that or like pointing that things looks like, fun that looks fun over there right and so just having that um that space where you have all those different options that you can pull from because, again, you can't, you don't know what you want without it being shown as an option, right? You yeah. You make these things up out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, I feel like people don't know that there's better sex out there. Like, this is what they know. The thing yeah. they're doing with their partner is they're normal. That's what they know. So yeah. how, yeah, how, how do they figure out how to have better sex, you know? Yeah. yeah but, like, looking looking at other things. Other things. Yet. And then
0: also using you, so it as, like, a starting place of, like, oh, let's try that, and then, like, maybe we'll adapt it to make it make more sense for what we're looking for, right? Yeah. And I think also just the sense of, of seeing sexuality as a, a space to play rather than, and the idea of, like, that there's no failure, right? Like, you're not, there's like... There's no right and there's wrong. There's no right and wrong, and that's something else I'm really fascinated with is how we're just taught in our society that, like, if you do something wrong or fail... That you don't learn anything from that, and that you we kind of are we're taught to avoid those situations where you might fail. Um, I know certainly I was when I wasn't good at something in school. I just dropped that subject. I was like, I don't <laughs> want to work at this. I'll just stick with all the things that I'm already getting an A at, right? Yeah, boy, Rather, bye. Yeah. There's a reason I dropped French in grade nine, along with (laughs) science and many other subjects. So this idea of never wanting to fail means that you're just constantly scared to try anything, right? And one of the terms they use in coaching is fail forward, that you're always taking something from those failures. So you try something with your partner, you both decide, wow, just did not like that at all well now you know now you don't you know you didn't like that which might lead to being like i didn't like that because it was too much pressure let's try it with less pressure next time or right. i liked this but it was a little bit you know like the wrong direction or whatever it is you you have more information like it's information gathering of what doesn't work but also lead you to what does work yeah it's
1: only going to get you closer the that's that's i feel like that's a thing with like approaching approaching people to ask them on dates it's like the the rejection of a person saying no it's only going to get you closer to the person that says yes, yes right exactly. so it's kind of same idea the yeah. nose and the, the things that don't work out in the sex frame mm-hmm. framework, uh, it's only going to get you closer to the things that do work. Yeah.
0: Well, that's a great point. And then I guess the other thing I'd love to throw out there is just this idea that we tend to take things. Okay. I'll speak for myself. I tend to take things very personally. <laughs> yeah. So if something if a partner doesn't like something that I'm doing that I feel like somehow I have done something wrong, like, and that it's a reflection of me rather than the activity. Right. And so the more that I just focus on the fact that they are with me for a reason, there's lots about me that they do like I'm standing in my own value and my own worth, but then I'm not putting all of that on one activity that may or may not work. Yeah. So it's kind of seeing it as separate to you as an identity, um, I think is another helpful framework. And that's not something that's going to happen overnight, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: And it's, yeah, it's interesting with sex to not get personally invested, emotionally invested because emotions are tied up in the sex dating relationships realm. So it's hard to not feel strong emotions yeah. about, Talking about sex, you know, yeah. and what you want and what's not working, and and I feel like saying that a lot of people don't want to have a conversation about sex because if they're saying that they're they're talking about how their sex life isn't working, it means something bigger for their relationship. That their relationship isn't there's something wrong with the relationship.
0: Yeah, it gets tied up on. It can kinds be. Of yeah, it things. can
1: be. You understand how it can be a big conversation to have because. Yeah, it's their relationship they're talking about, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, Yeah. no, and I think you're right. It all gets kind of muddled together. Yeah. And I think the other thing that's really important is I'm a big advocate for deciding what conversations to have with your partner versus the conversations you have with yourself. And Mm -hmm. I really think there's a lot of work that happens happens within yourself first before you engage with your partner, because if you haven't figured out what you want and if you're all confused to then bring your partner into that, then understandably, they're also going to be confused. So I'm not suggesting you shouldn't, like it's that balancing act of the work that you do with yourself and then do your own
1: work too yes exactly yeah yeah Yeah. which is why
0: a lot of my clients come to me because they want to have someone to work through this stuff with before they're having that conversation with their partner because there are certain things that's work they want to process and get through before they bring that into the relationship yeah and I think that's very individual obviously for each person like how you choose to share and what things you choose Um, but some things yeah I think sort of need to be processed yourself too
1: I think that's a great place to take a break.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Everybody, we're gonna talk
1: about Come As You Are a little bit, and then we'll be right back with Kim Sedgwick from Red Tent Sisters. This episode has been brought to you by the worker owners of Come As You Are. Come As You Are has the peculiar distinction of being the world's only worker-owned cooperative sex shop. With feminist and anti-capitalist values, Come As You Are only carries sexuality products that they truly believe in at the lowest price possible. Enter coupon code BEDPOST when you check out at ComeAsYouAre.com to receive a 15% discount. And don't forget that shipping on orders over $50 is free in Canada. That's B-E-D-P-O-S-T when you visit ComeAsYouAre.com. Alright, welcome back everybody. We're here with the lovely Kim Sedgwick from Red Tent Sisters. Hey girl, hey.
0: (laughs) I'm very excited because I think you're going to ask me about my bad date. (laughs) I know, (laughs) we're going to talk about some dating. You're are you a dating girl? You dating? Uh, I am not currently dating, but uh very recently I did a little stint where I went on five dates. Oh, I guess this was back in January. A five dates stint. Five, five date stint. Well I had this new thing where I was like, okay, I get so emotionally invested right up front that okay. I was my sister um gave me the advice. She's like, Why don't you try going on five dates and don't like commit to any of them before you finish the five five different five, five different, different people, people. Yeah, five different first dates. Love it. Great. So this is this was my new my new thing. <laughs> And so when it, and I, I've done OKCupid a bunch of times. I've had pretty good success, but everyone kept telling me about Bumble. And I was like, yeah. "All right, it's supposed to be this feminist version of Tinder. I've never done Tinder, but I was like, put feminist in front of something. I'm on board. I was like, all right, cool. Let's do this. So I went on on a couple Bumble dates. Mm-hmm. One uh, one was with a guy. I guess actually this was er- earlier than January. It was whenever Pokemon Go was like a big thing, which I think of <laughs> of it have been That yeah. was a while ago. Okay. That was a while. A year or maybe. Um And he started asking... We went to a coffee shop. Yeah. And this was sort of his first question. He was like, so are you into Pokemon Go? Right. And I was like, not not in the least. But hey, you're supposed to ask people what they're interested in. So I will ask you because clearly you are. So he started talking about it and he kept talking and talking. And after a while, I was like... It's been a good, like at like twenty five. We've been talking about Pokemon, Pokemon Go for a while. while. <laughs> and then there was this. Dave was clearly not going anywhere, anyway. So I was like, I'm going to use this as a social experiment. How long will he go on <laughs> without asking me a single goddamn question? Uh. Aaron, we shut down the coffee shop. Mm. <laughs> Two hours. Not a single question. Not one question. Not shot one back. question. Um, so anyway, there's that fantastic date. But the real winner <laughs> is, is, is from January, from this five dates that yes. I need to tell you about. So first of all, he chooses the place and then shows up 25 minutes late. Perfect. And he chose the place because it was convenient for him and close to his house so he had absolutely <laughs> no excuse for being late versus I had to travel.
1: I had a friend that did that to me. It wasn't a date. It was a, fr- a friend, a girlfriend of
0: mine Yeah. and it was
1: right by her house. And she, she was like, <laughs> she was like so late and then I, she was like, text me when you're on your way. So when I was on her, my way, I texted her Yeah. and then I got there and then I waited like, honestly, like 45 minutes oh and then I texted her <laughs> again I'm like, Where are you? and she's like, like, oh, you're there? I was like, yes, I guess you I was on my way. <laughs> and then she, oh, goes, oh that's so funny. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. No, please. So anytime. He Hold was it. very late. He was very late. With so I was no p-
0: reason. Absolutely no reason. So I'm already pissed. And then he starts doing this, like, it was like a drill sergeant with questions and he works in marketing. So it was like being on a job interview that he was asking me about my marketing plan and my Google Analytics for my business. I was like, are we on a date or are you trying to like solicit business because you do get Google (laughs) Analytics for a living? I didn't know what was going on. And so again, knew this date was not going anywhere. So I'd already kind of checked out. But he (laughs) knew that I was a sex educator specializing in female empowerment. This was very abundantly clear. And so I don't know what about that made him think that then he should launch into the story about how sometimes he just he really hates going down on women so first oh. of all i'm like oh this this is gonna this is gonna be good so you hate going down on women awesome good we're, we already weren't gonna fuck but we're definitely not fucking anymore and then he says because you know sometimes you go down on a woman and she just has this giant horse clit and i don't know what to do with it no no <laughs> no I this it was there's this speechless reaction was what happened because i was, even know or where to start with what is problematic about the words that are coming out of your mouth. Ah, <sighs> yeah. So I did that face for a while, and then he still didn't seem to clue into the fact that this was not going did well. Did you say something? No, no. He just kept moving on, and I didn't. I didn't even know what to say what? to that. Yeah. yeah, you would have been just awestruck. Just, yeah, I was just completely awestruck. And then the check came, and I think it's the only time in my entire life I didn't even pretend to reach for my <laughs> wallet, because I'm like, I have fucking paid for this <sighs> date in so many ways. The <sighs> fact that I had to sit here and listen to you talk about horse clits and how you don't like going down on women. Does a horse have a clit? That is an excellent anatomical <laughs> 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 How many horses has he f- had sex with that he knows that what it, the it, clits I, are I like? I mean, it's and, offensive
1: yeah. to horses as well. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Oh, I kept, afterwards I kept thinking, like, if it's that big, Ugh. then it's just going to make your life easier. What about this is, uh, anyway, I, I didn't just even know what. Just
1: body shame town. Body, body shame female all, Female shame town. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So that, that was a reseller terrible.
1: Date. Um, speaking of <laughs> female, female shame. So, uh, a lovely gentleman.
0: Leslie <laughs> Law, I'm curious where This is going, Erin.
1: A lovely gentleman who is into all types of body fluid type play mm-hmm. so he he's a big fan of the cum and, and messy stuff too like yeah. big fan of the cum play of the pee play he ma- asked on multiplications if i'm into scat play yeah i'm like no but good for you you yeah, know yeah. <laughs> Thank
0: you for asking and not assuming your direction, right? <laughs> asking for what you want. This is good.
1: You know? And then, like, told me about another partner where he had some like vomit play with her, potentially. So the guy's into some some edgy, you know, could be seen as some edgy types, edgy and messy mm-hmm. um, body fluid type stuff. However, okay, uh, <laughs>
0: I'm just waiting with beta breath. Where is this going?
1: <laughs> so I'm like, ooh, by the way, I'm just finishing up my period.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's like, oh, so we, sh- we should, let's reschedule then. We'll reschedule what? to ne- to, uh, to later on this week. And I was like,
0: what? Wait, wait. <laughs> I'm doing that same, like, awestruck. I'm like, I don't wait, even, what? Wait, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, and the, and the and the cherry on the top, unfortunately, is that he's a sex educator. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's not. And cool. I was like,
0: "Hmm,
1: what does this say about all of this?" Wow. Oh, like, gosh.
0: could in oh your, do
1: you think it could possibly just be about like there? There's something to say about. Not arguing people's comfort levels with certain things. Mm -hmm. Like, like, and who am I to say that legitimately he could be into, you know, pee play and Mm -hmm. not into menstrual anything? (laughs) Who's to say? But it, it really, really seems like it's Mm -hmm. a female female, body thing.
0: So the only thing I can think, and I'm, I'm just giving this poor guy benefit. Poor guy. Nah. Nah. No, nah, he doesn't get that. But, but I'm tr- I'm trying to do the same thing as well. I'm trying just to frame, frame it. Because right? I'm like, oh, sex excedent. I just really want to believe. Ugh. I'm really hoping that there's a reason. So the only thing I can think of is I, I have a friend whose partner actually faints at the sight of blood. So he, they've had conversations like, it's this not a body shame thing. Like, I'm totally on board except for the fact I will actually pass out on you, which like might. I have yeah. a very
1: yeah. visceral, visceral. Yeah. reaction to so just it.
0: blood in general. I was like, okay, so, but. But it's not exactly blood. Uh, ah, yeah, I don't know. And, so this is yeah. This is and not.
1: the uh, okay. And the other detail: when I texted that I was just finishing out my period, he 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 typed gah, g a h with oh, an okay. exclamation point. Yeah,
0: he's no longer a poor guy. No, not is...
1: the biggest fan. Yeah, gah, not the biggest fan. How about we reschedule? Da 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 da. I was like, please tell me you didn't reschedule. <laughs> oh did you oh (laughs) erin we'll see we'll see i've got to find out i i have to find out what i
0: really hope you have your period again and just don't tell him (laughs) (laughs) i gotta figure it out
1: this is a thing i've got to like now Now be like okay what is this yeah because that's Mm -hmm.
0: right yeah gah not the biggest fan gah not
1: the biggest fan let's reschedule so now Matt is just making so much fun of this. My part, my, <laughs> <laughs> like last night, <laughs> like last night, uh, I'm, I'm on my period. Um, yeah. so I was just like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in the bedroom and have a, a little get off. And he's like, oh, well, I'll come with you. And then he's like, wait, are you on your period? <laughs>
0: Fuck you, because I'm nothing. Yeah, because
1: I'm not the biggest fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not the real fan. <laughs> so he's not gonna <gasps> let me live that down uh, too soon. Oh,
0: goodness. <laughs> uh, oh, body shaming—it's sadly still a thing. That's something that I feel like hasn't—it's—it's it's getting better. I'd like to think, but it's yeah. still very present. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. And oh, periods. Like, oh, and no, it's funny. So, um. I just talked about someone else about some period mishaps, and I totally uh, forgot when I was talking to them, but I thought about it after. In, like, one of our very first dates, me and Matt, Mm -hmm. I rode his face. Like, I was vertical, sitting on his face, and I bled all over his fucking face. (laughs) That's awesome.
0: No! (laughs) No, no! I
1: was... (laughs) It was, was one of the things, oh, I was so mortified. It was one of those weird things where it's like, I had my period, and then I had a day where it, I had nothing, so I'm like, the period is done, Mm -hmm. and then got together, and then, like, so suddenly, and like, I had no idea.
0: That that was, oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: and Matt had no idea, because he's (laughs) like, she's really,
0: (laughs) really wet, really wet, yeah. (laughs)
1: But oh my god Have I blocked that out Like on my memory Cause oh. I was like Oh my god Matt Do you remember what that happened? happened I honestly blocked that out Cause like It was so It was Cause it's at the point In the relationship Where like you're still like, oh, like me, like I'm trying to present the best side of myself, like (laughs) so you'll stay. Yeah. You know? And then that happens and he honestly did not fucking care. He's like, Oh wow like went to the washroom. He was like,
0: Okay. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good look (laughs) for me. Like well, I had something similar early on in a relationship where um, we were more just like, I had white sheets and I was like, I yeah. couldn't find a towel. So it was just more of the logistics. I was like, it's just a lot of effort. It's a lot of stain remover involved. So <laughs> none of us cared other than that. And I was like, oh, well, I have my diva cup in. Yep. We'll have anal sex. And then that solves that. Yeah, yes. Messiness factor. Well, I guess like somehow the pressure or something made it pop out. <laughs> and I hadn't emptied it before because I like, didn't think that. was, And so it was like super full and it just went spraying <laughs> everywhere. All over these white sheets. Oh, God. <laughs> the thing, it was very dramatic, too.
1: Really An made, entire
0: cup's were just, worth like, just like <sighs> thrown yeah. willy-nilly. Real, let me tell you, it was a lot of steam remover, but they came out, so there you go. But <laughs> How do you, what, what do you, do? did cold water? Cold water. And there's actually <laughs> this thing called Bunch of Farmers, which is, like what? 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 <laughs> it's literally the name of the steam remover, and they sell it at, um... I think it's called Baby on the Hip, like this like fancy baby store in Leslieville. Nice. Um, There's
1: one in the Junction too. Oh, there, there near you go. My, where I now work.
0: Well, if you need, ever need some bunch of farmers <laughs> to get <out> some <laughs> blood from your white sheets, A bunch you know, of farmers. That's what it's called. It's so good. And I guess they are selling it because often babies get stains all over, and then it also works really well well on blood. So there you go.
1: And for farmers, whatever they need to get out yep. as well. Since since you brought it up, Kim. Yes. Anal sex. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I find um I find it a hard conversation to have with females to talk about mm. anal sex. Yeah. Do you do you feel like it's a loaded pressure
0: yes. cooker <laughs> conversation a lot to, to have going on there? And yeah. I feel like a lot of even my friends who know that this is what I do for a living, we've been having mm. these conversations for a long time. But anal's still a touchy. It's, it's ta- like It's still a, like yeah, they just get a little uncomfortable. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, you, can you can see it. See it. Yeah, you can, you can see it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for some of them who are uh, identify, like, strongly with, with being feminist, that they just feel like there's weird power dynamics at play and something that has historically often been something that you do for your partner rather than it being something that is pleasurable for women. Yeah. Um, so I think there's that part of it. And, yeah, I think it's just also something that isn't really talked that much about. So people still are just uncomfortable because they don't know.
1: Yeah, and I yeah. feel like a lot of people um, have, have not pleasurable anal experiences, right? Because maybe in part because they don't have the information, the knowledge behind it.
0: All kind of goes together. So it's all kind
1: of going together, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, certainly my first experience was not pleasurable at all. No, I've had, yeah, my first dozen
1: experiences, (laughs) right? But there was something about it that I still found so attractive that I wanted to keep, I wanted to figure it out, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I remember the
0: first time that I did all the things, so I had all the lube, and yeah. the, like, warming up with fingers, and a partner who was really and communicative, and all those things, so I was like, oh, this is what oh. all the fuss is about, this is what it's supposed to be like. Yeah. Um, and that's really only because, yeah, I watched, like, a Tristan Terramino video, and she wrote, you know, The Ultimate Guide to Anal Sex for Women, and a bunch of other guides as well, and I had talked to some of my friends who were like, yeah, no, it really, it can be good, I swear, and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> not from my, not from my experience. Not from my experience. Yeah, but it really was having that information combined with a partner who was really communicative. So we, I was like confident that if at any point it wasn't feeling good, that we would have that. We would have the skills to have that conversation.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, But I think it's kind of important to point out that even with all the good things, with Mm -hmm. all the lube, with the perfect great anal sex partner, with the warm up, it still could not like, there could still be some internal anxiety that's allowing you to not have a great anal sex experience, like, even with all those great things in play. Yeah you can still be not ready.
0: Oh, for sure. Because there's there's other factors. And I think you can't dismiss that it is something that is still so taboo. So all of that is going to probably be internalized in some way, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know for me, one of the very first instances I had, uh, or introductions I had to anal sex, was that movie Leaving Las Vegas, where it was a, a rape scene.
1: Oh, gosh. And so
0: that was my introduction into it, right? So obviously, like, not a positive association whatsoever. No. And it was funny that, not funny, but I only realized later, I was like, oh, I think that's actually playing a bigger part than I realized that that was my first association, right? So there's so many reasons why, whether it's anal sex or any kind of activity might not feel good, even if you have, as you said, all of those tools, that there might be other reasons and other associations that are not positive that are going to lead to a different kind of experience.
1: Yeah, that might make you need to take more time, do more research, yeah. like take more lube, <laughs> more, you know, more yeah, everything, more of yeah. everything, right? Yeah. Um, and I think I love first. I love anal play. I oh, I, okay. yeah, I love love love, mm-hmm. and I think when I when I first started really enjoying anal play is when I didn't see. I even say anal play because mm. because for me, I really started enjoying it only when I realized full penetration anal sex didn't have to be the goal. Wasn't the end game. Yeah. When I realized the end game was pleasure. Mm-hmm. Then I started really enjoying it because I wasn't thinking of like, even if I was enjoying this thing we were doing with the warm up and with whatever else, I would still be thinking, oh God, in 10 minutes, this other thing is going to happen. This (laughs) other insane thing is going to happen that I'm not ready for and that I don't necessarily want, but that's, that's the preset that the end game is full penetration, penis, anal sex. Yeah. Right. Well,
0: which kind of brings us full circle. Like one of the things we first talked about was this idea of like a very narrow definition of what sex is, right? And yeah. I feel like when it comes to anal, yeah, this terminology of like warming up is if it's always warming up to something else that yes. inevitably has to happen, yeah. As opposed to just like this is feeling freaking awesome. Why don't we just keep doing this? It doesn't yeah. have to lead to anything else. Yeah.
1: Let's always do this. Let's yeah. have this be the thing we when do we every event. time. Yeah. 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 This is the main event. This yeah. is the main course. Yes.
0: This is not an appetizer to <laughs> something else.
1: Yes. Yeah. And that's yeah. the same thing with the word, just the word foreplay.
0: Oh, I can't, I really, general. like, I get like like visceral reaction to yeah. the word foreplay. You get ga. Yeah, I get ga. <laughs> yeah, I'm just not that into it. just not that into it. <gasps> oh, it's I'm going to keep laughing about that one for a while. I know. Um but for play, it just it has this foundation exactly. It's like that it's always the precursor to something else rather than it being something that's the main.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So Kim, we're pretty much uh at time here. My Cuz I could just talk to you all
0: day. I know. I, I feel like I could.
1: okay, and we have to tell people <laughs> why this why the sound quality yeah, might please tell me? <laughs> why the sound quality might be slightly <laughs> different than this it was.
0: <laughs> just okay really cozy now,. Aaron
1: and I, I know right it. now we move, <laughs> so we're in the library recording, which is a public space. Mm-hmm. Um and right when I was just gonna divulge all tell all about my personal <laughs> anal sex experience, <laughs> this adorable little girl opens up the door with her grandma, nanny, uh, yeah. aunt, who knows, and starts speaking French to us.
0: It seemed like, very confused that we didn't speak French.
1: Yeah, we were like, English? English. And they're like, it's only just
0: this moment, I was like, where am I? I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm still in Toronto.
1: <laughs> She's like, oh, we're going to read French, a book of French now. And we're like... They're they're like they're gonna read it aloud too, and we're like, okay, I guess well we will go back up to the condo. So they kept
0: saying, "You can stay." You, you can, can stay. We're like, we really can't. We really, this is not. <laughs> we really can't stay. I'm all for sex positivity and starting these conversations young early, yeah. but maybe this yeah. this
1: <laughs> six year old girl, yeah, this isn't quite wanting to hear my true anal sex experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so. <laughs> So, thanks for bearing with me and coming back up to the condo um, Kim please tell people where, when, who, what who all, think, all, the all the things about you and Red Tent Sisters
0: yes you can find everything on our website which is just redtentsisters.com we're also on Facebook and Twitter well actually we don't tweet we, we in theory have a Twitter account <laughs> so don't, don't go look for us on Twitter we're also on Instagram and occasionally Erin invites me onto her stage so you can also see me here in Toronto on occasion
1: yes at the Bedpost Sex Show Kim, thank you so much for coming. So much
0: fun, and Um, every time you say that, by the way, I'm like, I will come anytime.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, don't you know it?
0: Yes, indeed. Anyway, so I left you (laughs) (laughs) two. No, it was
1: good because I was trying. I was fumbling because now our setup is on the couch. I'm holding the mic for some reason awkward everyone this has been kim sedgwick again from the red tent sisters and i'm erin pym and this has been the bedpost podcast check back weekly everybody because we release a new episode every single friday Uh, and if you want to see oh yeah if you want to rate and review the podcast oh please do (laughs) if you're in toronto you want to see me and kim at the bedpost sex show live we're at the social capital theater the third friday of every month at eight and for more information on everything bedpost go to our website bedpost.ca if you have any comments suggestions or questions shoot me an email uh, i actually just made an email just now like why now i don't know but that email is thebedpostsexshow at gmail.com uh, and lastly the bedpost podcast features original music by stephanie copeland who can be reached at her website stephcopelandmusic.com